0: thank you for joining me today this is episode number 10 my name is Dale Lott jr. and you are listening to a better pickup line the podcast Welcome back to A Better Pickup Line The Podcast So we've already Come to the conclusion that It is God's will for you To be married That God has a spouse for you Tailor-made according to the way That you're wired And this spouse That you've been desiring It is a gift of grace and you connect with this gift of grace by your faith. So you receive what grace is made available through faith. That's how you access it. You believe in Him. You believe in His love. You believe that He has a plan for you, that He has a purpose for you. You believe your identity. You believe that you have the authority to speak those things. What things? speak your spouse into existence you believe now that you are good enough that you are the righteousness of god in right standing with him he's qualified you to receive what it is that you desire a husband or a wife but now you say you have faith then there should be some evidence of your faith james 2:17 thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And in verse 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect. So if you're going to say that you have faith and that you believe there should be some actionable evidence of what you believe. The problem is that when most people hear this they think that they have to do something to prove that they believe and it's an arbitrary action that they pro- that, that they select meaning they believe that their eyes are healed so they take their glasses off and they drive or they believe that God is going to do something for them so they decide in and of themselves of an action to try to manufacture the manifestation of God and that's not what this scripture means. It simply means that when you believe something and you believe it to the point of action, that's the point in which you really do have faith. That's why James 1 and 8 says, meditate on the word day and night that thou mayest observe to do. We keep trying to jump to the do before we take care of the meditation. If we meditate on this word, we eventually will have an action born out of us. And when we allow that corresponding action to be born out of us and we follow through with that corresponding action, that's the works to our faith. It's corresponding action to what we say we believe. It should be something that flows out of us naturally, not something that we have to force. When you believe that a chair is going to hold you, you sit down naturally. It's not a forced decision. It's something that is born out of you. Now, remember, God said in Genesis 2, I think it's verse 18, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So I was studying that scripture and the Lord spoke something to me and I want to share it with you. It's not God who determines what we receive. It is us according to what we believe and bring forth out of our creative center. This is different than a works-based faith that requires us to qualify to receive something. God has already provided the best for us. However, we can only access it through faith. Therefore, I'm not qualifying for it by works. I'm simply receiving it by taking his word, mixing it with faith, and feeding on it until it flows out of me. So I'm not receiving his best because I deserve it. I am receiving his best because I agree with what he said. So you can see from that part that you determine what you receive, not by your works, but by what you choose to agree with. So if you believe what God has said, you say, I believe this. It is not good that man should be alone. God promised me a helper comparable. He promised me a helper comparable to me. You say you believe that. So here's the next part of what God was speaking to me. If you believe it, you will take actions that will facilitate manifestation. You will participate in the creative process. See, I can't say I believe it and not participate to create it. Now we're getting into seed time and harvest. See, the apple tree is already in the seed. It's now just a matter of planting the seed in the ground and caring for it till what's in the seed is revealed. Likewise, everything we need is in the seed of his word. And it's just a matter of putting it in our hearts and keeping it there until what's inside is revealed. If we say we believe, then we have to participate in the process. It's impossible to believe and not participate in the process. So by engaging in seed time and harvest, I'm participating in the process. I am not at this point trying to come up with an action all on my own to prove that I believe God. The only thing I'm doing right now is participating in seed time and harvest, putting the word on the inside of me for right now. That is my action. That's the only thing that I am engaging in, meditating on his word, watching over that seed. Taking care of what it is that I allow myself to hear, what it is I allow myself to see watching on television or being around, what it is I allow myself to imagine and think with my mind. I'm participating. Now, see, God said he's going to give you a wife that's comparable to you. The interesting thing is it may not be comparable to what God said, but it is comparable to what you agree with. It's comparable to what you agree with or correspond with in process. So if you spend all of your time meditating and sowing lack or insufficiency where it comes to finding a mate or you spend your time as a guy, you spend your time meditating on pornography. You spend your time meditating on uh, uh, uh I'll just say trashy women. You spend your time developing that image. All of a sudden, that's what you begin to draw to because that's what's comparable to what you that's what's comparable to you right now. That's what you agree with. It's not comparable to what God spoke over your life. He created you as the righteousness of God and he has the best for you. But you're not placing your faith on the best. You're not agreeing with the best. You're agreeing with something that comes from the world. As a female, if you always meditate on the fact that there are no good men or that all the men are, are, are just average and, and God does not have the best for you, you're going to constantly attract men to you that are just average men that have trouble being faithful to you men that don't treat you right because that's what your meditation is that's the process that you're participating in sowing that into your heart if you continue to rue, continue to stew over the hurt and the pain that has happened to you that's what you're going to continue to to draw into you you got to remember that what you remember you relive and what you relive You reinforce and what you reinforce will reoccur. And so the cycle repeats. So before you try to make things happen, you need to spend time meditating on the word. That's your action for right now. Meditating on the word until an action is birthed out of you. See, we're wondering why things aren't perfect. Why they aren't working. It's because we took action and put things in place before the seed of God's word birthed it forth. you entered into this relationship with this woman and it didn't come from the harvest of God's word on the inside of you. It came from you taking an action, trying to be God in your own life. You fell in love with this guy that God didn't desire for your life because you took action thinking that you had to make it happen when all you had to do was continue to meditate on the word of God until it came out of you. And then an action would have been born out of you that when you corresponded with it, it would have brought you the harvest of what it is that you were looking for or who it was that you were looking for. See, when you when you buy seed, the picture of what that seed is supposed to look like is on the package. But the blueprints and the instructions for the ground to produce the image that's on that package is inside the seed. Yet we keep trying to produce what's on the package without the instructions, without the blueprints, without the tools contained in the seed, which can only be read when planted. We're trying to play it by ear. We're trying to freelance it. And sometimes we get certain parts right. But most of the time it just isn't right. And we find ourselves looking for an eraser, trying to fix mistakes and redo it again. When the simple way is to plant the seed in the ground, if You believe this word. If you believe God has a mate for you, God has designed somebody for you. Put seed in the ground. When you try to recreate what's on the package without the precise instructions, things end up being a little off. You throw off all the measurements because we're intricately made. You know, it's like when you're building a house. If you were to purchase a prefab house, it's a prefabricated house. It may be built on site, but everything was built to exact measurements at a different location. But if you built your own house on site by hand, you know, there's going to be a lot of adjustments that need to be made because some things are going to be a little off. You know, if you've ever walked into an old home in which uh, someone built, let's say back in the 20s, they built it by hand before everything had uh, uniform measurements. And if you try to replace windows in, in, in that kind of house, it's hard because you have to find something that closely aligns to it. But it never really exactly aligns to it because it was built uniquely in that situation for that house. And what happens is this. That's how our life is. God actually built all the pieces, designed all the pieces for our life in heaven to be put together and constructed here on the earth. So the measurements, they're exact, they're precise and they fit perfectly. But when we try to interject ourselves and build some things by hand on site, it throws off the fit. And then we're looking at God like, God, how come it's it's not fitting right? How come it's not working right? It's because you interjected your own self-effort into something that he had already designed with such specifications that no tools were necessary to build it or construct it, put it together here on the earth. But you figured in your own wisdom and your own self-effort that you knew better and that you could add and improve upon what God had already designed. And you ended up throwing off the fit. The only thing that God needs you to do is to plant the seed of his word in your heart and let it grow out of you. Now, once you've planted that seed, what you're doing is you're watering that seed every day. You're pulling up the weeds. You're taking care of that seed, making sure it has the proper nutrients. And that process right there is called rest. Like the farmer farms, the believer rest so when you're trying to figure out what do i need to work on doing what is it that i need to be doing it's resting the 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 disciples ask jesus what must we do to work the works of god he says believe in him whom he sent so our work is to believe in him in hebrews 4 remember the children of israel were not able to enter into the promised land the rest that god had for them because of their unbelief in verse 10 of uh hebrews 4 it says for he who has entered his rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent. Let us therefore labor to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. What's the same example of disobedience? Having an evil heart of unbelief. But now we see that if we want to enter into that rest, that we have to labor to enter into that rest. Verse three says, for we who have believed do enter that rest. So when we believe we enter into that rest. And obviously, according to verse 11, that requires some labor that requires some effort. And you can't be afraid to put forth the labor for which God created you, which is to rest in him. He's already done the work and we are to believe. The Bible tells us that as we receive Jesus, we should also walk in him. How did we receive Jesus? We believed and then we spoke it. And that's the exact same way that we should live our life. That's the exact same way that you should receive the mate that God has for you. You believe it. You speak it. You labor to enter into that rest, which means you're going to fight to keep that position of believing what he said. Satan's gonna come after you with everything to try to move you from your faith. Hath God said this? Are you sure? So he's gonna send the wind and the and the waves, he's gonna send the distraction, he's gonna send the discouragement. But your job is now to continue to water that seed. How do you water that seed? Get in the word of God. You're gonna continue. To pull up the weeds. What are the weeds? The weeds are the negative thoughts. The the weeds are the the doubt and unbelief that is trying and the contrary images that are trying to come against you. Remember Abraham, it says that he hoped against hope. He hoped against all the expectation of the world. The world had a different expectation. You at a 100 can't have a child. Sarah, she can't have a child at 90. So therefore, the expectation is that you will go childless. And he hoped against that. Remember, You are a king and a priest, so you have a different authority. You have the authority to make a decision, to issue a decree. The king never does the work. Someone else or something else gets the job done. See, you keep thinking it's about your self-effort and it's not. When we hear work, we don't realize that our work as kings and priests looks different than everybody else's. When God created Adam, Adam was in the garden tending and keeping that garden. But that doesn't mean Adam was out there tilling the ground and out there breaking a sweat. Adam's work looked different. What was Adam's work? When God brought everything to him, brought the animals to him, Adam gave names to all the animals. Adam was out there using his authority. Adam was setting order with his words. God, when he created the world, it wasn't with his hands. He spoke, let there be. Our work looks different. Our work is to set order, to establish the day. So when it comes to a mate that you're looking to find, you set order. You establish the day. You use your authority. Now, I must admit, it becomes hard work to maintain your stance sometimes because everything is trying to move us off of our position. That's why the Bible says that he would keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on him. And he tells us to whatever things are good and lovely and of good report. Think on these things. Keep your mind stayed on things that are above and not on things on the earth. Why? Because when we do that, we're able to stay in that place of rest. And so we're going to have to actively fight against the enemy when he comes against us. When you have a negative thought that goes uh, across your mind, you have to actively open your mouth and say, no, that's not what we believe. We believe X, Y and Z. No, I don't believe that I'll be lonely. I believe God has provided a wife for me. You have to fight for that position. You have to use your authority. It's not about your self-effort. It's about you getting to the place where you say, you know what? God has it. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. And when you start using your authority and not using your self-effort, you'll see results. But other people may look at you and think you're being lazy, but you're not. Your work just looks different than theirs. Proverbs fifteen nineteen says, The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. And I always found it interesting that he contrasts laziness with uprightness. Until one day it hit me that, The lazy man is someone who won't put forth the work that he was created for. But the upright is someone who understands who he is and the authority that he possesses. And so because he understands who he is and the authority that he possesses, his work now causes his way to be like a highway. Our work is to exercise authority and dominion here on the earth to believe what God has said and maintain that place of rest, enter into that rest and stay there with our thoughts, stay there with our words, actively believing what the word of God says and speaking it forth out of our mouth. That's why the Bible says if we hold fast our confidence to the end, we have a great recompense of reward because we didn't allow anyone or anything to move us off of the word. You have to maintain the stance of your identity. Remember, the Bible says that Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. The glory, the manifestation is coming behind proving what your righteousness has gone out to establish. And when I say that, keep in mind there are two things. First is when we talk about righteousness, we're talking about being in right standing with God, being right with God. Jesus made us righteous. We can never lose that righteousness. But when I say your righteousness, I mean, what do you agree with God on? Because when Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Abraham believed what God said. So when you believe what God said about you, to you, for you, that's your righteousness. Meaning both of us may be looking for a house, but I may, but God may have spoken to me, a debt free house, where God may have spoken to you that he was going to give you favor to get the bank loan. And then he was going to pay off the debt through other, you know, there's going to be other means. For me to all of a sudden not believe the debt freedom, the house uh, uh, being brought to me debt free, but to try to believe it your way. I've let go of my agreement with God. Now I'm in doubt and unbelief because I don't believe what he has said. And now that's not accounted to me for righteousness, for agreement. So when you agree with God, you hear a lot of times say your righteousness. That means what you are agreeing with God concerning and it goes out before you and it prepares your way. It brings back into existence that which belongs to you through faith. But Satan is going to fight you on this. So what you have to do is realize that when you sent out your faith, when your righteousness is preparing your way before you, you have to have some patience. So if I say I believe that God has a spouse for me, the righteousness of faith is going out and bringing to me the wife that God created for me. But if I change my mind while the righteousness of faith is on his way, then that stops the process. It's like me sending my homeboy to the store to buy me, uh, to get me some chips. But then I change my mind, call him on the phone. That's all right, dog. Now that's all right. And he comes back. Oh, man, you know what? I do want those chips. Yes, I, I want those chips. So he goes to go get the chips. But before he can go get the chips and bring it back, I change my mind again. That's what happens with most of us. We keep changing our mind. And a double-minded man shall not receive anything of the Lord. Stay in this place of rest. Hold on to your faith. When things challenge it, you stand up and you meet it with the word of God. Speak the word of God in the face of all adversity. Never leave that place of rest. Don't try to do it through your own self-effort. And watch how God supplies you with an awesome husband or an awesome wife. And like I always say, tailor-made according to the way that you are wired. But first, you got to participate in the process. You say you believe, plant that seed. Keep it there like the farmer farms you rest. Well, that's our show for today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through my social media accounts at Jr. and on Instagram, it's Dell.Lot. Or... You can reach out to me through my blog, a and inbox me your questions there. Now, before we leave, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, subscribe. Whether you're listening through iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite pod catcher is, make sure you subscribe. The second thing, help me spread the word. If you're consuming this podcast through Facebook or YouTube, like, share, comment. Make sure you tell somebody who you think this podcast would be a benefit to. The third thing I'm asking you to do is visit dellot.org. If you'd like to invite me out to your church, your convention, your conference, your organization, whatever your function is, you would like me to come out and speak. You can find all the information on dellot.org. As well, there's information about my book, In That Land, A Seed, Time, and Harvest Approach to Finding a Wife. And I'm going to ask you to purchase that today. And with that being said, I want you to have a great and awesome day. And join me next time on A Better Pickup Line, The Podcast.